Hi, this is a voice for the voiceless. I'm Kate. And I'm Emma. Sorry, we've had a bit of a break. We've had scheduling conflicts and kids stuff and spouse stuff and been sick and work and but we're trying to power through so we're finally back again with another story. I'm excited. Me too. Even though it's it's a sad one, but there is a survivor, so you know we love that. Yes, we love survivor stories. Yes. So before we dive in, do you have any stories from your day-to-day life you want to share? I was trying to think of one today, and I just, I just couldn't think of one, even though the kids make me laugh every single day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know if I have one either. I was thinking, even though by the time we ever post this, it's going to be old news. I am really sad that Matthew Perry passed away. I know. I was crying that day. I know. He, I mean, I know we don't know them truly in their personal lives, but he struck me as a genuine person and I enjoyed the characters he played. Yeah, me too. So I guess with that, we can dive into another depressing story. (laughs) (laughs) So I am going to bring you the survivor tale of Mary Vincent. So she was born on May 17th, 1963 in El Centro, California. Hey! Yeah. She was one of seven children, so she came from a large family. So they moved to Las Vegas eventually. Her mom became a blackjack dealer. Her dad was a veteran and became a mechanic. Mary loved to dance competitively. However, once she became a teenager, she did grow apart from her parents, which I think in some instances can be kind of normal. From her, grow apart from her parents or from dancing? No, from her parents. Once she became a teenager, I think she always maintained her love of dance. Okay. Okay. Uh, Eventually, her parents did end up divorcing, and it really, really hurt Mary when this happened, and it really drove a wedge between her and her parents. So eventually, when she was 15 years old, she did end up running away and ended up homeless and couch surfing amongst family and friends. Is she still in Vegas at this point? I believe so, but by 1978, this is when things start to unravel, she ended up hitchhiking to California trying to reach her grandfather. And I think anyone who's a true crime follower knows that in the 70s and even into the early 80s, hitchhiking was a very common practice. Yeah. So, I mean, they... It was essentially a cheaper, quote-unquote, easier way to get from point A to point B versus paying bus fare, train fare, airplane fare... And Mm -hmm. I don't think uh, information was as easily attainable as it is now that Mm -hmm. that people understood the risks. So uh, she did try to hitchhike to her grandfather. It does say that uh, in September of 1978, she ended up hitchhiking back to Vegas. 
and in all of her hitchhiking adventures, I guess you could say, she came across someone named Lawrence Singleton. So she had been hitchhiking with a group of other uh, similarly aged teenagers. I believe most of them were boys. And Mm -hmm. this uh, Lawrence Singleton offered only her a ride. And the other teenager she was with was like, that's weird, don't go. But she was really desperate to get to wherever it was she was trying to go. So she went with him. And uh, he had a huge van. Vans always are just because of the true crime trope who give me the creeps already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, during this hitchhiking adventure, Mary eventually fell asleep. Once she woke up, she realized that uh, Singleton had started to take a different route than the one he promised that they'd be taking. So she got upset and demanded he turn around. And he dismissed what she was saying and said, it's fine, it was a mistake, I just think I found a quicker route. And eventually Mm -hmm. he expressed that he needed to use the restroom, so he was going to pull over. So she took advantage of him pulling over to get out and stretch. When she was doing that, Singleton came up behind her and hit her on the back of the head with a sledgehammer. Oh my gosh. So she was knocked out, obviously. And he tied her up and got her in the back of her va- his van. I'm sorry, not her van, his van. And he, trigger warning, sexually assaulted her. Afterwards, and re- keep in mind, she's what, 15, 16? And he's an old, gross man. So not that any age is okay to assault someone, but extra right. gross points for being so much older. Um, so after he assaulted her, he drove to a nearby canyon where he forced her to consume alcohol and assaulted her again. She continued to beg that he just let her go, begging for her freedom, and that she would, you know, not report him. You know, all the things you would promise in that instance. Yeah. Singleton eventually dragged her from the car to the side of the road. She finally thought she was going to be untied and set free. But instead, he said, you want to be free, I'll set you free. And with a hatchet, he chopped off both of her arms. Oh, my gosh. He then pushed her down a steep uh, steep hill and left her there to what he assumed was to, you know, bleed out and die. Mm -hmm. This is off uh, Interstate 5 near Del Puerto Canyon. He assumed that he was getting away with murder. Is that in Nevada? I have no idea where that is. De, De Prato Canyon. I don't know either. Let's hmm. here. I'll Google it. I did, it doesn't matter. I was just wondering if we we're still in. You know how long they drove for? Right. Was it a while? Yeah, I guess I don't know for sure. I mean, it's I'm, okay. I'm uh, familiar with I five because I grew up around that region, but I don't know that specific right. region. So she was bleeding profusely, and she was down this steep embankment. Oh my goodness. But, and she was naked. She's also naked through all of this. Oh my gosh. And if I remember some of the resources I read, and I could be incorrect, I feel like she jammed her arms into dirt to get, like, to stop the bleeding. To, like. Oh, that's smart. Like, I mean, 
I mean, it's not perfect, but at least it'll help it right. slow down. Like, like clot the blood or yeah. something. So that's crazy. I don't know if I would have thought of that in that moment. I would just be like, I'm just going to die. And like in shock, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. So without even having your arms hacked off, I'd be in shock after all of that. Right, right. So she managed to stumble three miles to the nearest road, and she happened to flag down a vehicle that was driving by, and it happened to be a couple. And if I remember correctly, they were on their honeymoon, and they happened to take this road by mistake and were lost. And they were so shocked to come across a naked, bloody, armless child, a little, like, teenage girl. Oh, my gosh. So they got her in the back of their vehicle and rushed her to a hospital where she was treated for her injuries. So while she was, uh, well, I guess, I suppose not while, but after she was treated, police were able to make a sketch of her attacker. And in a stroke of luck, one of uh, his neighbors recognized him in the sketch and reported him. Oh, my He was quickly arrested, charged with uh, the sexual assault, kidnapping, and attempted murder of Mary Vincent. So he was sentenced to 14 years in prison. That's all. The maximum allowed in California. So perhaps the the valley they were near was in California then. Yeah, probably. So he only served eight years of his sentence. And was released on parole in 1987 for quote unquote good behavior. Hard to Are believe. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, and this, this really struck me too. Uh, after his sentencing, uh, he said to Mary Vincent as he walked by her, If it's the last thing I do, I'll finish the job. <gasps> oh my. Yep. What a a hole. Yeah. So. Uh, I th- I believe, let's see, I'm reading my notes. He returned to Tampa, where he'd grown up, and he actually ended up murdering a woman there named Roxanne Hayes. She was a working mother of three. And this was in 1997. So... so the- the original crime happened in 78. What did you say? 78? Yeah. 74? 78. I can, and then he served eight years of his 14. Mm-hmm. Was he charged right away or was like, you know, how it took takes time for a couple years to get charged? I guess I don't know when he was sentenced exactly, but it sounds like he was arrested very quickly. Uh-huh. Let's see. Oh, it looks like he uh, was sentenced in a San Diego courtroom. Mm-hmm. So that, wherever he was on that uh, Interstate 5 had to be somewhere in California then. Yeah, for sure. I was just trying to figure out how long he was on parole before he murdered this other woman. Because. So he was released in 1987. Oh. Yeah, so. So eight years, so 79. So I guess it took roughly somewhere within the range of a year to get sentenced. Mm-hmm. So it was quickly, and then in '87 he was released, and then in '91, '97, '97. So it was more than ten years. Yeah, but I wonder what happened between them that we don't know about. Yeah, because these people don't usually stop, you know. Right. They don't. No. So uh, Mary Vincent once again was heroic and brave, and she stepped up. Uh, and decided to travel to Tampa, Florida, and testify against Singleton 
to give testimony about what happened to her on behalf of his uh, next victim, Roxanne Hayes. Mm-hmm. She played a huge role in his conviction for Hayes' murder. And he, she's told uh, the jury, I was raped and I had my arms cut off. He used a hatchet. He left me to die. He was referred to as the Mad Chopper and was eventually found guilty and sentenced to death in Florida in 1998. Oh However, gosh. there was never an execution date scheduled, which I feel like that's kind of common. Yeah, yeah. So on December 28th, 2001, at the age of 74, Singleton died in the Florida uh, Correctional Facility. I wonder what happened to the kiddos, you know, her kids, Mary, uh, not Mary's. Um, uh, the Roxanne. Roxanne. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Hopefully they had, I'm sure they had their father or grandparents or, you know, someone. Yeah. But I know that uh, one thing I had learned about Mary was even though she had both her arms chopped off, she went on to become an artist, like a painter. And I thought that was amazing. Wow. Yeah. Beyond that and her testimony to find justice for Roxanne. I don't know much of what became of her. She seems to try to keep a really low profile life, Mm -hmm. which I don't blame her. I would too. Oh yeah. Me too. I mean, I want to, and I haven't had anything that traumatic happen. So (laughs) anyway, that's the story of Mary Vincent, an amazing survivor. Good for her. Yeah. I'm so glad you shared that story with us. I know. I know it was, I just know this one that's always stuck with me and I'm, just have a sense of pride and I don't know, something for Mary Vincent for being such a survivor. I wonder if she ever like reconnected with her parents and I would imagine, um, I feel like after such trauma, you'd almost be compelled to, unless there was something even worse going on with them, you know? Yeah. Which I don't know what's much worse than assault and losing limbs and, I can't, I don't want to imagine what's worse than that. So let's not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was such a good story. And I'm, I love stories of survival. Me too. Uh, and that she came <clears throat> back as such a, excuse my language, but badass who stood up for the next victim. Yeah. I don't think I could have done that because of the trauma. Like, I don't want to be, if I see him, I would relive it in my head. I think. I know. Maybe and that's in pretty some, amazing. Maybe in some sort of way it gave her some sort of impairment to be able to look him in the eye and like an F you look at me. You didn't get me. Yeah, probably. Which go her either way, go her. I wouldn't have blamed her if she didn't go, but go her for mm-hmm. having the gumption. Do you think that, it was absolutely necessary to have her there to be convicted, that him convicted. According to the things I watched and read, it says her testimony was pivotal for the jury. Because oh, okay. I guess it probably established a pattern of behavior. Oh, okay. Like a repeat yeah. offender, like he's going to remain a uh, danger to society and to women. I can't believe he got out after eight years. I, I know. Just... That's so gross. And... Uh, it's bad enough for the horrendous violence that he committed, but it was against a child, a teenager, too. Yeah, it should be more than 14 years as the maximum, like, if it's a child. I, I wonder know. if it's changed since the 70s. I feel like our laws and penalties really reflect how our society and our culture view certain 
groups of people like women Mm -hmm. or minorities or people of color. Mm -hmm. And as we hopefully progress and change and improve, the laws and penalties start to reflect that growth. Yeah, hopefully. I hope it continues to get better because I know even in which I don't think we've really delved into any crimes involving sex workers, but if you look even back in the 60s, 70s, any time in the past, with and probably even currently, sex workers often don't get justice. Yeah. And it, they well, don't. No. And it's like, it's one of those uh, areas where we definitely need some improvement and expansion. Well, I can't, I, when the long island murder case gets closed and stuff i want to cover that because a lot of those victims were sex workers Mm -hmm. and it would be you know like if a he gets his long conviction it'll be like yes some change for sex workers have you heard of the butcher baker no he was in i want to say possibly it was in the 70s as as well and in alaska and he targeted uh, either exotic dancers or sex workers in Alaska mm-hmm. and did horrendous things to them. And he had quite a few victims before he was caught. And he was caught because one escaped. And she even had, like, a handcuff still on her and was looked, you know, abused. And she was partially mm. naked and shoeless in Alaska. And the officers were still like, mm, you're a sex worker. How could you be assaulted? Oh my gosh! So he didn't get convicted? No, I, I believe he did eventually get convicted because it took it one. I believe one or two specific detectives took the uh, the surviving victim seriously. <sighs> That's ridiculous that it took it took that long for somebody to take them seriously. They deserve. Yeah, like the responding officers and EMTs and stuff would be like, well. You're a sex worker, so I don't know how you think you could be assaulted. Well, because I choose my clients, you idiot. (laughs) (sighs) My gosh. I wouldn't choose you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we have to cover that case because that'd be very interesting. Yeah, maybe I will. Maybe I'll research that this week. Yeah. And I'm I'm reading a book that... um, Hopefully, I'll finish this week so I could we could cover it too. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. I have a case I'm going to publish probably once we hang up here, and then hopefully we keep getting back on track as life maybe calms down. I don't know if it ever will, but we can cross <laughs> our fingers. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, I need a breather. <laughs> right. Uh, maybe over Thanksgiving break you can breathe and eat turkey. <laughs> Yeah, and maybe we could do a couple cases. <laughs> oh, that would be cool. Okay, yeah. friends, until next time, stay safe, and we're going to try to keep pumping out cases as we can. Okay, okay bye. bye.